Good morning once again. We're going to be focusing on the idea, this may sound like a big word, but it's really not, stewardship. Stewardship. It simply means of managing another's property in a faithful way. Managing another's uh, business or property uh, in a very faithful uh, way. A babysitter uh, is a steward. A dog sitter is a steward. Those who run a dry cleaning business, they are stewards. We were studying in the back uh, a little while ago about the shepherds that came to uh, the birth of Jesus. And uh, Shepherds are stewards of, of the flock, of the sheep. Okay. And so we're going to study uh, stewardship for just a few minutes together uh, this morning Someone has said there are three philosophies about ownership of property. Three philosophies, and you'll recognize these. The first philosophy is communism. Communism. And that's the belief that the state ought to own and control all property. Communism. Then there's capitalism. And that's the belief that that man ought to uh, own and control all the property that he can accumulate. Capitalism, but then there is uh, Christianity. Christianity, and of course, this is the Bible-based belief that God owns everything, and we are stewards of this. We are managers of this, and we are to be faithful uh, to our managing of of all that is His. Psalm twenty-four and verse one. Psalm twenty-four, verse one: The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. The world and all who dwell in it. Appreciate very much Jeff leading this song a few minutes ago. This is my father's world. And that is a fact and a truth uh, that we need to remember all the time. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You might also check Psalm number 50, uh, verses 10 through 12. Psalm number 50 and verses 10 through 12 where God speaking there, he says... Um, Every beast that comes through the forest is mine. All the cattle upon a thousand hills is mine. Everything that moves through the field uh, is mine. All the birds of the air, they are mine too. And then the Lord says this. He says, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you because the world is mine. And it all belongs uh, to me. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says we ought to serve one another and as God has uh, brought gifts to each of us, uh, serve one another and be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Notice that statement there in 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. We are to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now as we are living for Christ, there are four things we are trying to do all the time. We are to be doing more praying. We are to be studying His Scriptures. We are to be worshiping in His name. And we are to be serving Him as He directs in His Word. Basically, you know, we want to simplify things. Those are the four things we are trying to do throughout the week. Okay, Prayer, study, worship, and uh, serving the Lord, serving others. But to do this, we must be good stewards of all that God has uh, given us. And so I want to notice with you, uh, just a few minutes, uh, five divisions. 
five divisions of stewardship. And as we notice these together, I believe it will be helpful uh, for us to serve the Lord in a greater way. The first division is time. The first division is time. God gives us time. He gives us life on this earth. Acts 17, 24, and 25, Paul mentions to the city, uh, the dwellers there in Athens, uh, it is God who gives to all life, breath, and all things. Life, breath, and all things. We are thankful to Him that we have life and that we're able to breathe and move and have our way every day. This is a gift from God. And we are to manage this time in a careful manner, in a faithful way. Notice this teaching from Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Ephesians chapter 5, if you're turning your Bibles this morning. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, where Paul there, he says we need to, uh, don't be foolish, but walk in a wise, circumspect way, a wise way. And then he says this in verse 16 of Ephesians 5. He says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. And that's, that's our concern uh, as we walk about every day is the fact that evil is in this world. The devil is at work in this world. We have the tools. We have the weapons to fight against him, to lead people uh, to the Lord. And so we are to make the most of our time, redeem our time uh, as we fight against this evil. Let me give uh, just four quick suggestions here uh, in uh, making the most of our time as Christians. First of all, uh, recognize the stage of life that we're in. To manage our time, we've got to recognize the stage of life uh, that we are in. Uh, we often say everybody has the same time, same amount of time, 160 or 168 hours a week. And technically that's true, but then practically it's not so true because we're all in different stages of, of life. Now, when we're younger, and then perhaps uh, if you're blessed to be able to get into retirement years, you may have more time on your hand. But when you're in the middle of life, and you're busy every day, and you're raising your family, you're making a living, you may have less time uh, then. It may, your time may also depend on the type of work that you do. Okay? If you're working for someone else, then you're at their disposal, and you may not have as much time. But if you have your own business, then you might be able to be more flexible uh, with your time. If you have someone close to you who is rather sick, if you're caring for an, or an elderly uh, parent or grandparent, then your time, as you very well know, your time is going to be more limited during that stage of life than at other times in life. And now, let me mention this stage of life moms, our mothers. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5 mentions that aged women are to be sure to instruct the younger women to, to love their husbands, to love their children, and to be kind and to be reverent, but also to be workers at home. To be workers at home. This, moms, if you have children at home, this is your stage of life. Your, your stage of life is your children. Your time is your children. And you are to be spending your time and your efforts and doing what we just mentioned a moment ago, helping your children to learn to pray, helping your children to learn to study the scriptures. You're helping your children to learn and to know the importance of worship. You are helping your children to learn and know the importance of serving Christ as you serve 
other people. Mom, that's your duty. And don't let anybody guilt you into thinking that somehow you're lesser a person because you're dedicating your time to this. You're not a lesser person. You're God's person. You're God's person. You're doing what God wants you to do. And so don't let the world, don't let church people guilt you into thinking you've got to be away from your children and do this or that. You are God's agent at work. And so let's recognize the stage of life that we're in as we manage our time. Also, we need to do this. We need to watch out for time robbers. Time robbers. And you know what we mean. TV can rob our time. I appreciate so much the way my wife is much more disciplined than me in this regard. But I know that when our kids were little and homeschooled every day, the TV just did not come on. Not until later than that. TV just did not come on. It was a huge help not to have that thing on as uh, the day progressed and as the children uh, grew. TV can rob your time easily. Also, these, these devices can rob our time. Okay. We have our fingers work very good scanning through Facebook and, and through Craigslist. And that, that, all of a sudden you turn around, where's the time? Well, I've just had a busy day. Well, you've been busy on, on your device. It can rob your time. Also, keeping up with, with things that you don't necessarily have to keep up with. Okay, Paul mentions in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 5, 13 and 14 about uh, younger widows and they ought to marry and, and be busy doing God's work, not going about as busybodies, not going about as tattlers, and, and that's just a complete uh, disapproval from God, but also a waste of time. Well, just sum it up this way. Gadgets and gossip and games. Big time robbers. Gadgets, gossip, and games. Recreation can rob us. So watch out for time robbers. A third suggestion is to check your passion. Isn't it the case that we usually have time for those things that we care most about? True or false? Do we not find time somehow or another here in the South Eastern United States, to, we find time to do those things that we tr- truly deep down care about. So we've got to check our passion for the Lord. And then also another suggestion is to remember the nature of time, the nature of life. James says in James 4, 13 and 14, it is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. And, and if you haven't already said this, you're going to do it. Where did, where did the time go? Where did the time go? Where is the time going? It's just the nature of life. So we've got to remember that as we make the most of time. So we're to be good managers or stewards of time. In the second place, second division of stewardship we're going to mention today. I want us to think about our talents. Our talents. And the first ideal along our talents is this, and that is to make the most of what you have. Make the most of what you have. This is what Jesus was basically teaching in this parable he gives in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. He talks about a man who gave his servants some talents. Okay, now we talk about talent there. He's talking about money. He gives them each a sum of money. To one he gave five talents according to his ability Another gave two talents, another sum of money according to his ability. And then to another he gave one talent or one sum of money 
according to his ability. And he went away on a journey and was gone for a long time. And so they were to do something with that sum of money that they received according to their ability. And so after a long while, he came back for the accounting. But while he was gone, the one with, with five talents immediately went, immediately went and made five more talents. And the one with two talents also immediately went, went at once and gained two more talents with his ability. But the one that was given the one talent, he went and he hid it in, in the earth so that at least when his Lord came back, he would have that to give him. He wouldn't lose what the Lord uh, had given him. And so after a long time, the, the master of the place uh, came back and there was an accounting. And, and he said to the one that had gained the five talents, Well done, good and faithful servant, Matthew 25, uh, 21. Uh, you've been faithful over a, a few things. I'll make you rule over many, many things. Matthew 25, 23 also said the same thing to the one with two talents who gained two more talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. But now to the one who went and hid his talent in the earth, he came to his master and he said, I have the talent you left with me. I have given it to you. And if you keep reading in that parable, the Lord looks to him and says, You wicked and lazy servant. This tells us first that God wants us to do something with what we have. Whatever it is we think we have, and whatever ability we think we have, God wants us to do something with it. He doesn't want us to sit on it. He doesn't want us to maintain it. He wants us to do something with it. And He wants us to do that immediately, not put it off, not recognize that oh, I've got some possessions and I've got some I've got some talent here, and, and I'm going to get to that at some stage in life. I'm going to get to that. No, he, these guys with the five talent and two talent, they went out at once and, and got busy. Okay. And if we do that, then great. Because if you'll notice, if you keep reading in the parable, you'll notice that to the one who gained more talents, he was given more things to do. But the one who tried to maintain, then, then his talent was taken away from him. That is, when we do what God says do, when we do with what, do something with what we have, the Lord will bless us with more opportunities to keep serving Him and keep uh, serving Him. And so, first idea here is to do something with what you have. Jesus wants us to be good stewards of whatever talent that we might have. The second idea along the line of talents, don't think of talent as something elaborate or something that is, uh, must be impressive to the world. Remember the things of Jesus Christ are simple. Simple. It, it comes down to this. Share what you know and share what you have. Simple. Simple. Don't think that a talent means you... You've got to go to school and you've got to study and you've got to be around others who have all these skills. Uh, not, not so much uh, whatsoever. Don't think of talent in that, in that sense. Okay. We were on the campus at Fulton University. You know, some of us were, were Bible majors. Okay. And boy, did we have a lot, lot to learn. Still do. But, and so we, we created us a preacher's club because, you know, we were the Bible made preacher's club. And we, we started 
trying to find all these sermons, you know, and the teachers there give us all these sermons. And so we're looking for sermons that we can collect and put in a box and we'll have for all our lifetime. We're collecting sermons. And then we tried to go here uh, wherever there was a, you know, a great preacher or a good preacher. We want to go hear that preacher. And all the while, there was a Bible major there by the name of Darren Fanshroy. You didn't hear much about him. Okay. And he wasn't doing what we were doing. He was just simply baptizing the athletes on, on campus. A lot of the athletes who show up at a Christian college did not grow up in the church, and he was busy studying with them and baptizing them right and left until finally it just dawned on us, we ought to be more like Darren Fantroy. Hopefully we, one day we can be more like Darren Fantroy. He was, what was he doing? Sharing what he knew and sharing what he had. That's all he was doing. So don't, let's not think of talents in some elaborate, sort of impressive uh, thing toward the world that never gets the work, never gets the Lord's work done. And along the lines of talent, let's be sure that we realize God has made us different. And we ought not to be comparing ourselves with others, and we ought not to be care, comparing others with others. Okay, that's an evil. Paul talks about this in First Corinthians twelve and fourteen. He says. The, the body, the church, is not one member but many. And so the foot cannot say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. That's silly. And the ear cannot say, because I'm not the eye, then I'm not of the body. The Lord has purpose for every part of the human body. And the Lord has a purpose for every person on earth. We are to be good managers of our talents. Remember what we brought out at our recent workshop. We can be a bringer of lost souls, find the names, find the people, bring them to church and bring their names to church. We can be teachers of the word and we can be keepers of those who need encouraging. All of us can find something to do. In the third place though, the third division of stewardship, it is our treasures, our treasures. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights. And as we said, we've got to be good managers of our treasures. And here's a question, just to get to this real fast. What did the faithful people of the New Testament, what did they do with what they had? And you can study all this out on your own, and I know you have before. But what did the faithful people of New Testament times do? What did they do with what they had? Well, they would take their business and use it for the Lord. Remember in Luke 5, the first few verses, Jesus wanted to be able to teach and he asked Peter to be able to use his fishing boat to be able to address the multitudes on the shore. And, and of course, Peter allowed him to do that uh, just very readily. You remember later on, I think it's in the same chapter of Luke 5, that, that Levi responded, uh, to the call of, of Jesus. And the first thing he did, he got all his business associates together to be able to hear Jesus as well. We can use our businesses uh, for the Lord. That's being a good steward of the treasures that we have. Remember Aquila and Priscilla? They were tent makers and Paul was too. So they made sure they got together with Paul to work with him in tent making business so that he'd have more opportunities uh, to share the gospel. Acts 18, 1 through 3. We can use our business for the Lord. What did they do? What did the faithful people in New Testament times do? 
Well, they also used their houses for the Lord. If you look at the book of Philemon, Philemon had, a, had the church meeting in his house on a regular basis. And we remember in 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9 that Peter says we ought to be using hospitality one to another without grudging. They used their houses, their homes for the Lord. But as we know also, they used their money for the Lord. They used their money. And you can look this up, but if you look at Acts 2 and 45, and if you look at Acts 4, 34 and 35, you see the early church, they would go and they would sell their land, they would sell their houses that they had extra and they would bring that money and lay it at the apostles' feet. They would, they would bring that money and they would give to those who were in need. They used their money for the Lord. What a great thing. Some people call it the unrecorded beatitude of Jesus. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some people call it the unrecorded beatitude of Jesus. I don't know that it's fair to say that. But what they mean is there is a beatitude of Jesus that is not in red letters in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Paul mentions it in Acts 20 and 35. What does it say? Paul said, The Lord spoke to us often and said, It is more blessed to give than to... It is more blessed to give than to... receive." There you go. What we do with our treasures is such a huge indicator... Preachers are weird people from just a very nature. They're just weird. Okay. So I was hearing about a preacher years ago who every time he would know what he had to preach, before he would preach, he would take his temperature. Isn't that weird? That's just about as I mean, strange as you can. Why would he take it? Somehow or another, he, he thought if he took his temperature, he would be able to find out uh, how he was going to do that day. Okay. Well, one day the same preacher, he could not find his thermometer. So he looked at the, uh, barometer, the barometer and the weather forecast. He said, well, I'll just look at this. And um, the weather forecast that day was windy and dry. <laughs> so that's the forecast every Sunday morning here, right? Windy and dry. But if you think about it, what we do with our treasures and what we do with our words, according to James 3, are huge barometers. They are huge indicators of who we are deep down. And there are some secrets to this. First, Acts 4.32, the multitude of them that believe were one heart and one soul and neither said any of them that the things that he possessed was his own. That's one secret. To understand and to repeat to yourself and live it out that indeed nothing that we have is our own. Is our own. The second secret to the treasure idea is uh, trusting God. Luke six thirty eight, of course. Give and it shall be given unto you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the more you shovel out, the more God's going to shovel in? So that's another secret, trust, trust in the Lord. And the third secret is found in 2 Corinthians 8. I wish we could just read 2 Corinthians 8. But if you go through 2 Corinthians 8 and Paul encouraging the church of Corinth to give more of their means, he keeps using the word grace. He said, I want you to increase in this grace also. Grace, a favor. In other words, it's, it's a favor from God that you're able to give. 
It's, it's a favor from God that he gives us the opportunity to give. It's a favor from God. It's a grace from God that we're able to learn that the more, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It, it's, not a, a, um, it's not a burden. It's not a, it's not a regret. Okay? It, it's a favor from God to be able just to shovel out and to give and to give and to be more like the Lord. So the third division we want to mention is managers of our treasures. And the fourth division is our thoughts. Number four, to be good managers and stewards of our thoughts. Somebody said that we have about 70,000 thoughts a day. You ever have trouble getting your mind to turn off at night? You just can't go to sleep because you can't stop thinking? 70,000 thoughts a day. Did you know every one of those thoughts belong to the Lord? They belong to the Lord. Philippians 4 verse 8, Paul says, What sort of things are true? What sort of things are honorable? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, if there's anything along these lines that are also excellent, think on these things, ponder on these things. If these 70,000 thoughts, if the, if the majority of them are not full of hope and trust and joy, then at some point our faith is going to fall and we're going to be severely damaged spiritually. Every thought belongs to Christ. If you don't believe me, look at 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Every thought is to be taken captive for Christ. Every thought. We played a little game back here in the fellowship hall during our lock-in. And there are a lot of little plastic balls scattered all over the floor. Okay. And we, uh, different ones of us, devise challenging ways for, for our young people to go get those balls and take them to a basket and who can do it the fastest. Okay. Well, it just looked over. Well, all those balls scattered, plastic balls scattered all over the floor. And it reminded me of our thoughts, 70,000 thoughts a day. All those thoughts have got to be captured and brought into submission to Christ. But if you look at 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. It's, it's really a military little passage. Where our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But rather our weapon is the knowledge of God. And so we are to take the knowledge of God from scripture. And we are to fight against human opinions. And then also we are to take the knowledge of God from Scripture and we are to take every thought captive and bring it under submission and obedience to Christ. Do you think Bible study is important? Bible study does both of those things for us. It fights off those things which are false, but it also helps us personally to bring every thought into captivity for our Lord Jesus. And then division number five, we are to be good stewards of teaching. Teaching the Word. This is what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 when he talks about being faithful stewards. He, he says, here, here's how Paul identifies himself. Number one, he's a servant. Number two, he's a steward. If we just spend our time thinking about those two roles, we will not go wrong with the Lord. We are first servants and then we were stewards. Now Paul said he was a steward of the mysteries of God. In other words, he's a steward of the gospel. 
And he was a steward of the gospel in a more direct way than we are because he had a lot to do with his words becoming actual scriptures. So our words don't become actual scripture, but we have the scriptures before us and we also are stewards of those mysteries found in God's word. As managers of God's teaching, we are to teach the whole truth according to Paul, Acts 20, 26 and 27. The whole counsel of God, we've got to teach it all. We've got to teach it right. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, The things which you've heard from me among many witnesses, that very same thing commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So we've got to teach the whole truth. We've got to teach it correctly. But mainly we just got to share it. When we say that we are stewards of the teaching of the Lord, that basically means we are... We are responsible for all the souls on earth. Do you know another plan that God has? Would you like to share that this morning? Do you know another plan that God has other than taking those who are Christians and sharing the word with others to help them not go to an eternal destruction place? Do you know of another plan that God has other than using us? If you do, you need to share that. But until then, we need to know that when we are stewards of the teaching, we're actually stewards of people. God desires all men to be saved, 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. That is us in a nutshell. We are to have the heart of God, take His teaching to other people, be managers, stewards of His Word. Stewardship is, is huge. I don't... Not pretending that you don't know this, but it's also something we need to be reminded of very often. These divisions can help us. We're to be good stewards of our time, of our talent, our treasures, our thoughts, and of the teaching of the Lord. How are you managing your life? The big thing is, are you allowing God, through His Word, to manage your life? When it comes to forgiveness of sins, Jesus said before he left this earth, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that doesn't believe will be condemned. Can we help you to obey that command this morning? Or is it the case that as a Christian you kind of wander away and you haven't been good stewards of what God has given us? And can we, can we study, can we pray with you this morning? Won't you please come right now?